Welcome to Sneaky Athletic, your favorite sports-adjacent audio forum. I'm Chandler. Alec, that is also now our new location on Twitter. Oh, hell yeah. Feels good. I went back the other day and just list. I just like clicked on the beginning of a bunch of episodes in a row and listened to myself say that to see if I if it was pretty similar. I've got it down to a routine, I guess. Um, all right, well, this week we are a half-vaxxed pod, and we're going to bring you all the segments uh get into some march madness uh we have a sneaky spotlight uh coming up we'll cover some mlb and then wrap it up with some masters we are halfway vaccinated and completely unsponsored so all right let's get started my soul i gave it all but loving you was never All right, been a minute. Feels like it. In about two weeks. Well, I guess I think it's just because in my head we were gonna pod last week, and yeah. so now it's felt like it felt like we pushed it off, even though it's been the same amount of time. Apparently, I'm not over my stomach stuff. I threw up three nights in a row last week. Yeah, sounds miserable. Wasn't fun. It sounded sure. like it sounded like something like a like a toddler has to deal with, and not like a. 24 year old adult but well i sort of am a child so it makes sense fair enough but i do have a grown-up lifestyle tip this week okay if you did not get your uh covid payments you can go in when you file your taxes and get a fat refund so make sure you're on that even if you just got one of the two or you know however it worked for you put that in huge refund i got like almost 2k from the government yeah i hey Where's my fucking money? That's where yeah, I just go in there. Where's my money, man? I haven't got that stimmy yet, though, the new one. But oh, this year's one? taxes put you in because they're doing this stimmy yeah. till the end of the year. Financial advice from a child. I'm like the E-Trade baby. Oh, shit. I, that's like a <laughs> fucking... That, like, connected two neurons I didn't even know existed. I completely forgot about that. Um, I... You were so off track. Yeah, yeah, what's your lifestyle? Like, my lifestyle is, hey, get vaxxed. If you can, it's not very difficult to sign up and look into it. I guess if you don't want to, you don't want to, whatever, but you're a party pooper and you're you're ruining this future, the summer that's coming up that's going to be insane. And what summer is that? That is the hashtag white boy summer. Okay. Which is my what the feed this week. So if you aren't very online like Alec and I are, you might have missed White Boy Summer because came and gone. Yeah, it was here and it was gone. Uh, Like many uh, uh, memes in today's internet culture, it it left just as fast as it got here. So Chet Hanks, aka Chet Hayes, Tom Hanks is one of his three sons, I think um it's insane how different they are well because they have different moms so they okay yeah yeah um i didn't know that until recently (laughs) fuck i hate that i know that because i (laughs) was looking more into white boy summer so uh you know last week chet hanks made the the declaration that it was white boy summer and not uh what did he say not Salmon wearing, Sperry wearing. Uh, it was like not plaid NAS- shirt wearing. It was like not NASCAR, uh, proud boy white. It was like him, John B, and uh, Jack Harlow. Jack Harlow white. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the rules: no plaid, no salmon, no Sperrys, but like no bands, calling women smoke shows. No smoke shows. Uh, really calling out Barstool there. It was like. Pretty much 98% of their fan base. Um, no vineyard vines. No vineyard vines. I I wrote down some more. You wrote down the rules to live your life by? Dry scooping pre-workout was good. Okay. Uh, getting pedicures was good. Oh, keeping the noise level down. No 
no big screams after you do shots and stuff was a rule. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, I was kind of, a, I'm like, you know, these are all pretty good rules. Like the I, intensity of your let's fucking go is way more important than the volume. And people have been overusing yeah. that phrase lately. And people overusing the like yelling after a, a shot or a beer, you know, like save it. There's prime spots to to drop Less that is to more. get the people going. Yes, exactly. Well, and then it it, it kind of all fell apart. Shows you how important merch sales are. When That's all I got from this. Yeah, he, he released the merch and it was in like straight up uh, like Ku Klux Klan font. Like, uh, what's the movie with um, the brother from Game of Thrones, uh, Cersei's brother, whenever he's the white kingpin in the movie in jail? And goes to jail? Yeah. Fuck. Night. No, it's mm, almost a night look it for up. some reason. It's um, the same font that he has pretty much on his back when he like. It's like King. What is that movie? Just shot collar, shot, shot collar. collar. It's the same yeah. font as that tattoo, or like white power tattoos in prison, and just yeah, anything else, bud. Literally, like I saw somebody who was like, "This is the perfect, the prime example of when Comic Sans is a good font." Like, <laughs> if you just, just would have used that, everything would have went went over. But yeah, yeah, he ruined it there, and then it, got, you know, people quickly started digging up his past. Um, which revealed that at one point in time he was very unapologetic for using the n-word and then he was apologetic for saying the n-word and said it was the cocaine's fault um he also i can't there was some other stuff I the mean, tiger yeah, energy just got a hold yeah, of him. he's not he, he's not the greatest dude um so i think that people were like wait a minute all right so yeah r.i.p to white boy summer gone but never forgotten of course not uh my beef was going to be my putting game but i really didn't have much but the fact that i just haven't done it in a while and it's definitely you have reminded me we have overused lfg let's fucking go it is such a powerful three words but again pick and choose your places i will go into my what the beat since you did yours paul pierce i think he wanted out of espn but my guy was on an Instagram live of about 300 people. Which is insane that that's all he was getting for an IG live. I I don't know anything about that, is it? Well, that's like so small. Like surely he has a lot of Instagram followers, right? I mean, maybe, but I don't think people are really concerned about what poop your pants on the court guy is doing. But in his IG live, he's playing in a private poker game like a hollywood hills game that you would have um with you know a couple of women in bikinis behind him like rubbing his shoulders there's another one twerking like on the ground and there's she was working out a late night workout pilates yes Yes. yoga Uh, well it's important and they were throwing casino chips at her yeah just chips at first i thought when he was like saying chips i thought somebody was like throwing tostitos at her or something and then (laughs) And then I went and looked back and he had casino chips. I have to, I don't know the answer to this question, but I have to know, were they like actual casino chips or were they like your at home poker case? Because it's absolutely hilarious if they were just throwing those like plastic chips that they just had or that were worth no value at all. Yeah. I think they're like in their game, they were chips that meant something, but it's not like you're at a casino and you could turn it in. Like Like maybe she couldn't go to the Bellagio afterwards and like get paid. Maybe it was a type of situation where it's like at home casino. So the home, like she, she could mm. go to the, the like pit boss of the home casino and be like, all right, here's my, here's my ones, here's my fives, and here's my 20s or whatever. But yeah, hilarious. Well, pit boss Paul Pierce is probably done though, uh, since he just got fired from ESPN because of yeah. him. So uh, yeah. RIP to White Shorts and Paul Pierce. What a, what a great uh, two-week notice. <laughs> Just put it in. Honestly. Yeah. So what's All-timer. your beef? My beef, and this kind of is a little bit of an old man yelling at Cloud. Why did the 
the NCAA games start so late there at the end? Like, I guess it's West Coast, but, like, fuck them. Oh, is Indiana on the West Coast? That's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, well, yeah, because you're Maybe I you're feel nocturnal. younger than you. Uh, that's also true, yeah. That like is I'm, an issue. I'm sitting there. Uh, I can't remember what. It was in the, the Elite Eight that was on the weekday. It was, like, on a Tuesday night. Started at like nine something. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, I, like I watched mo- most of the first half and I was like, I just got to go to bed. Well, you probably made the right decision there. Yeah. Uh, do you have any information to share with people? You got to Google this this week? No, sir. Do you? I do. And mine is Titanic Thompson, which is actually just a surname for Alvin Claren Thomas. TT, correct. He was, his occupation Described by Wikipedia as hustler, gambler, golfer. Okay. So I, those, I like all. I can I be all those things? Well, just hear me, hear me out for a second. Okay. Traveled the country, uh, card games, die shooting, billiards, horseshoes, proposition bets. He's an ambidextrous golfer, card player, marksman, pool shark. His skills were so much that they had like a couple of books named after him. He was like a musical was written after him, but he was also involved in the crime of the century in 1928 at a high stakes poker game. Uh, that is just very interesting to get into. It's one of the craziest Wikipedia pages I've ever had and born in Missouri. This guy sounds awesome. Yeah. I look at his up. name it's again. Titanic Thompson is what you need to look up. Titanic Thompson. Is it because he... Did he run into an iceberg? You think that's what happened? I don't know. And global warming has really changed the earth, huh? Potentially. <laughs> okay. What's uh, what's your SAP this week? <laughs> uh, it is a limited series on Amazon Prime 000. Uh, it is about the drug triangle between the... Mexican cartel that is manufacturing cocaine. The transporters from Louisiana who are shipping the cocaine via uh, like cargo ships. Yeah. And the Italian mob or mafia or whatever who is receiving the cocaine and selling it. And it's about all the like it's i think it's pretty well based in like today's time um and it's like involves like all the family drama that's going on and like all of the like i don't know it's it's like a non-fiction it's not trying to be like a doc like a docu-series or anything have you finished it i'm i'm two episodes left Okay. It doesn't sound like you'd finished it. And you were kind of like searching for non-spoilers and like unsure where it was going. Well, I don't, I like the way I was describing it was definitely, I, I know where it's going, but yeah, I'm not trying to spoil it for anybody because it's only eight episodes. They're not doing any more. And okay. it's the way I was describing it made it sound like it was like a, like discovery channel, like mini series. That's like documentation. I don't know. It's, it's really good. Oh, with the like shitty drama dramatizations with and yeah and where it like cuts to somebody narrating and being like and at this time they were manufacturing 500 kilos of cocaine per week or whatever but no it's not like that it's wild it involves like the uh like the mexican military and then like the the, the like they're special agents or whatever but then the cartel like basically hires them to be like their fucking goons and they're crazy they're my favorite Okay, uh, so my SAP MVB, it, actually episode length, I, that was my question that I had. It's like 50 minutes. Okay, not bad. Short little series to get through. Yeah. Um, I'm just here to remind everybody that Shrek doesn't get the respect it deserves. Facts. I watched it again this weekend and just great movie all around. It was fantastic. What is wrong with you? Oh, okay. 
<laughs> God, I can feel that sneeze coming on for like 30 seconds. That was a rough one. And I didn't want to yeah. like lean away from it because I hate that. I wasn't sure if you had froze or what was going on there. Oh, yeah. For, <laughs> that's, I forgot that that's what, <laughs> fair enough. We haven't Zoom potted enough. It is, yeah, it is that day and age. Um, so what's next? You want to talk more about that tournament that uh, was too late for you? Did you stay up to get enough information to talk on it? Oh, yeah. I stayed up for – I watched all the Final Four in the championship game for sure. Is the Elite Eight I okay. missed some of. Uh, yeah, last night I forced myself to stay awake for that fucking terrible game. It was no fun. I mean, I put like a couple bucks on Gonzaga, which – made me mad but it's not like i lost my ass on them but go ahead i just want to share my conspiracy of uh teams who do super well during the regular season just it seems like they i don't know if it's they haven't faced enough adversity or if they you know just had an easy schedule but it seems like every team who has ever had like some sort of unprecedented season like never wins the championship like a the statistics were all over the screens. If you were watching the game at the last time a team went undefeated, but like other relevant ones were, you know, Kentucky a couple of years ago who lost uh, the 73 and nine warriors, uh, the Dodgers team that won like almost 50 games in a row. None of them won the championship. Uh, yeah. I mean, I and know. also like Baylor, if Baylor doesn't get COVID, they're undefeated going into possibly. The yeah, because uh, the only two games they lost to Kansas, uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State. OK, and it was like right after they had to stop their season because of COVID. But wasn't and everybody? I don't think games? so. Okay. I think they were missing one or two people. And so that's the only reason they had a couple losses. And I should have known. I mean, they absolutely dominated Houston. They really didn't. Nobody really stood a chance against them in the tournament. They're in, I don't know. Gonzaga also was the same way, though. So I don't know how any, besides against UCLA, it was their only test. So I heard Bilmani Jones make a point today. Uh, he predicted the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. And then he was watching the Super Bowl and saw the starting lineups. And he's like, oh, I only know one of those linemen. I'm going to be way wrong. Yeah. And, you know, it was sort of, oh, those guys didn't really play anybody that we like considered Baylor good. Yeah. It, I mean, they played tough out of conference games. Like I'll give them that, but Baylor yeah, was just bigger, faster, big, stronger. The big 12 is, yeah, it was clear that they were much more athletic. They got every offensive rebound ever blocked a million shots mm -hmm. and forced Gonzaga to have way more turnovers. They had almost as many turnovers as they were averaging per game at half. It really seemed like their whole plan fell apart. Like they're usually a very team oriented basketball style. And it seemed like after Suggs made that shot and like, obviously he was like just the talk of the town over the weekend that yeah. they were like trying to force the ball to him a lot and a bit of a it, distraction. Yeah. They, that's not their style of play. They needed to stick with it. And also it didn't help that Timmy there, like, I, I think he'd be a power forward is what he would play. But I mean, he's undersized and he essentially uses his footwork and basketball IQ to get around big guys and score. Well, then he all of a sudden goes up against some super athletic big guys who can, no matter what he does with his footwork, they're moving there yep. and they can jump twice as high as he can. So they can recover. Even if he does beat them, they recover in half a second and are able to block the shot. It's like, he was not getting any clean looks up. And I think no. that that that's like the gear that turns their offense is he gets like a, a bunch of easy layups and then all of a sudden the threes are open and because the threes are open, they can get back on defense faster and force turnovers, get in transition. And then they just speed up, speed up and speed up. And then teams are like, oh, shit, what just happened? Gonzaga's up 12. Like that's what had been happening. And Baylor was just like, no. Yeah, he hardly got any touches early on and you know, the thing that we always say every year about the tournament is guard play and coaching. I do not like Baylor's coach because of where he went to school, uh, but they had three great guards and three athletic bigs who were like, yeah, if you're just going to chuck it up to me and I'm open, you know, game over. They, 
I I need I should have looked at this, but I didn't. Baylor shot forty three and a half percent from the three point line, and it seemed like they shot eighty percent. It yeah. seemed like they didn't miss because Gonzaga shot a better percentage from the field, but shot five less shots, and those five shots that separated them were all threes. So well, Gonzaga shot thirty percent, like it just. Baylor went 16 for 18 from the free throw line. Gonzaga, 15 for 21. Like it was just every single thing they did, Baylor did that much better. Besides rebounds, they did almost twice as good. 16 offensive rebounds to five. Yeah, the offensive boards. That's insane. You can't, you will never win a game getting out rebounded, off, out offensive rebounded by three times. Like 16 to five is nuts. Absolutely. Well, let's do some more couch coaching uh, as we have before uh, with the MLB. Go ahead with your complaints because uh, I'm sure you have some. Otani's too good. That's not fair. <laughs> How come they get him? That's fucked. How do the Angels just get this fucking like Megatron baseball player? I think they just sent somebody over. I think there's a couple of teams who are in the mix, but like honestly. Well, they- it's huge for the imperson or impersonator. Oh my god, interpreter that you hire. That's true. And doesn't it over there? I guess it does. It work like you have to pay the team. Uh, so yeah, you kind of buy them out um, a yeah. little bit. Uh, so obviously, those players have their own contract, but then to like move over, like the team, like maybe the Angels. The I think I think the Angels had to pay. Like they, I don't, I don't know. It's I, you so buy weird out how the contracts for sure, but then I think you might have to pay either that team or the league for like like a know, trade future fee. revenue. Yeah, yeah. I, it's weird. Who knows how you know some of that stuff works overseas? But he's a fucking monster. I love uh, him. Six four, two forty, can pitch a hundred miles an hour and hit fucking dingers. I can't uh, wait for him to do something great and get excited, and the MLB just shits all over it. Yeah, I mean, they're the worst. That's another complaint is, like, how it drives me crazy that it is the, it's the most available sport game-wise. Like, there's a million games. They're all over the place. And yet, you can't even really watch them unless you start throwing out a lot of money and get MLB TV, which I guess that's their whole thing is they, like, want to corner the market. But, like... I should be able to get more games than like one game on ESPN. Yeah. The regional payments are just terrible. Uh, and it's ridiculous that I'm listening to the Royals on 610 because that's my own. It's either that or the game cast. Like I can't find a stream. Well, I'm at work. I, you, okay. I mean, they've been playing at like 3 PM. So yeah, to, fair to start to start, I'm sure I could find a stream if I looked, but to start the game, I'm like, I don't want to pull that up on my work computer. Uh, but speaking of the Royals looking good. Yeah. They're, they're turning around. I honestly, we're touching on a ton of things that I was going to say in my sneaky spotlight. So I'll just get into it. Let's just cut to that. Yeah. Okay. Let me scroll up a bit here. All right. So major league baseball has continued to kill the fun, uh, with the veracity of a middle school divorced or a divorced middle school librarian. Uh, everywhere from like shushing swaggy stars like Fernando Tatis to building Nick uh, Banning building goodness gracious Nick Costello's for talking too loudly and even protecting the kid everybody hates from being bullied uh, Astros the MLB has turned America's game into grandpa's game you know it seems like they're shouting get off my lawn to everyone under the age of 40 so this energy is evident and they're declining TV attendance, like we just said. And the fact that they don't even care is like even more evident. But fortunately for those of us who have this issue and love baseball like me and never had the chance to prove that we could hit 187 in the majors, mm. we have a cool substitute teacher instead of our middle school librarian. So everybody knows the majors and the minors, but there's also a collegiate summer baseball which has 30 active leagues uh, from the National Alliance of College Summer Baseball, National Amateur Baseball Federation, and National Baseball Congress. Uh, America's game didn't get very 
uh, unique with our naming there, but there's 45 unaffiliated leagues as well. And essentially to play in these, you have to have um, one year of college under your belt and one year of eligibility left in college. And most of these leagues were founded, honest to God, whenever I looked it up uh, from fathers who thought that their son was better at baseball than they actually were. And because obviously the problem was not enough scouts seeing their D3 one preferred walk on offer slugging champion son. Uh, they have games that are pretty much, you know, same rules as the majors lines, bats, everything that is the same, but these teams in the collegiate summer baseball leagues and the minor leagues is like where baseball needs to thrive. And it is currently, and there's plenty of teams that I could talk about in this um, from the Baton Rouge Rougarous, the Everett Aqua Sox, the Sugarland Skeeters who failed miserably with their wasp mascot, the Green mm. Bay Booyahs, the Great Lake Loons, the Rocket City Trash Pandas, clearly honoring their Alabama statesmen with their name. Uh, great food-related teams like the Spartan Burgers, the Macon Bacon, and some that I just personally love, like the Spearfish, Spearfish Sasquatch and the Roswell Invaders. But there is one collegiate summer team that absolutely has my heart, and it's the Savannah Bananas. Hailing from Savannah, Georgia, the Bananas have turned the old Mets minor league home into what every single news reporter I could ever find on YouTube about him called a circus. A circus that I believe puts Cirque du Soleil to shame. The ringmasters and owners of the Savannah Bananas, husband and wife Jesse and Emily Cole, went broke reinvigorating this Mets stadium because once it was, they were out of there, they cleaned it out. I mean, no desks, no tables, nothing. They just, you know, did Mets business the way the Mets do business. Mm. Now, Jesse Cole struts around in an all yellow suit and a top hat orchestrating acts and nonstop entertainment, regularly sold out crowds attending these games, just going bananas. No pun intended. No pun intended. Since the first opening day of June, 2016, the bananas have changed everything. You'd think about the base, the ballpark experience and I'll unpeel it for you. So the disgraced empty stadium that I mentioned, now they have enough revenue that there's zero ads anywhere in there, which is like kind of mind boggling for such a small market. Wow completely submersing you and your ballpark experience, but you might not want to. Instead of their typical ballpark girls, they have the Banana Nanas, a group of senior citizens who do choreographed dances. Their cheerleaders are the Man Nanas, a dad bod cheerleading squad sporting whitey tidies with the banana logo over their crotch. Each game, they honor the Banana Baby by holding up a baby in a banana costume while the players all kneel around it and they play the opening theme from Lion King. And if none of that gets you excited, the players themselves do choreographed dances each game, as well as music videos that they put out online. <laughs> Sorry, even with all that going on, they don't forget what they're there for. And they take the game pretty seriously. They have 10 players who have been drafted into the MLB. They play a specific style of baseball called banana ball, which I couldn't figure out what banana ball was until I just watched their games. And it's essentially the same thing that made everybody rut, like love the Royals whenever they were on the World Series runs. So it's just small ball. Fantastic to watch. Exactly. And so although it looks a little bit different uh, than, you know, your normal MLB teams, uh, they have full yellow uniforms, but sometimes they sport kilts just for fun or they will put on stilts for their players uh, and they'll either do the whole at bat running around the bases in stilts just for fun. Or if like a pitcher loses too much control, they'll go ahead and put on stilts just to fuck with them. Uh, I'm sorry for the stirrup lovers that uh, they're so unique, but like, I love it. They're just everything that I love about baseball. Their batting and base running signs have been given from a break dancing coach it was just one part of their coaching staff, which also includes a nine-year-old, a grandmother, a luchador, and just a pair of cowboy boots that they put out there. Either way, I think that they are the banana split of baseball with the great parts are still intact, but there's little things that you might love or you might not love, but it's entertaining nonetheless. So Savannah Bananas, my sneaky spotlight and complaints of the MLB. Yeah, they are a test tube of fun baseball. 
they're like a little experiment that just goes on in one little area that is like, I mean, they're awesome. I don't know if I guarantee all of our listeners have seen some type of clip go viral because they go viral like once a year. All the time. I mean, they've been anywhere from, you know, ESPN to like national outlets to, you know, local outlets, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've, I see him at least a couple of times a year with like, yeah, music video or the stilts uh, recently. Uh, no, it's like, it's like if, uh, have you ever watched Eastbound and Down? It's like if Kenny Powers had a baseball team. Well, honestly, the guy's really nice. So th- he had owned a baseball team initially um, with his wife and he had proposed to his wife like on the diamond in front of the fans and his wife wanted. Oh, I thought to you take- were gonna say. I thought you were gonna go di- like propose to his wife that they buy a new team. Like I thought you were gonna go a different way. Well, I mean, she wanted to do something for him because of like this extravagant um, proposal that went through. They had fireworks and you know the whole stadium. She took him to Savannah, Georgia, because apparently that makes up for all of that. And so Savannah's kind of like a. It's a, it's a party. Gym. It's a party city too. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. And they like went to the stadium where the old Mets team played and they just like were empty. Like they were the only people in the stands essentially. So they're like, if this ever becomes open, we're going to move our team here. And that's exactly what they did. And, you know, they had a fan contest to name the team and, you know, the bananas won out and then they have, you know, split the mascot, which was also a fan contest. And they sold out their first game. Like, they are widely popular there. They, they sell can, out like they can create 70%. Some hype. Yeah. It's dude, it's fun to watch and they're yeah, hilarious. When it, when it comes to like minors or these off leagues, it is literally 100% fan experience because like they can get better baseball at every turn. You know, they can get like, mm-hmm. like I, like I was saying earlier, the MLB, your, your favorite team plays 81 games at home. Like, so there's uh, during a normal year. So there's a ton of good baseball you can go and get. So it's like a cheaper experience. There's also more fun is what you're trying to sell. And they do from everything I've heard and everything you just told me, they are the best at it. So I don't, you know, downgrade them too much uh, because like I said, they did have uh, 10 different players that are up to 10 players that have been drafted, you know, not all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not Uh, saying they're, they're garbage baseball i'm just saying like most people have a major league team pretty close right. to them but like i would go to the omaha royals because it would be like i can't like they would have like special like crazy specials or like you know here in kansas you can go to the t-bones as well which is like out mm-hmm. in kansas the worst state ever but you can still go and have a good experience for like 10 bucks sit in the outfield which sometimes the royals tickets are that much too um yeah but, you know, you can go out there and have like dollar beers or something that's, you know, cool, which also another thing I was going to ask is I, I'd be curious to look at what their like liquor stuff is because I, I got you. Hold up. I know. Hey. I know Georgia is like a pretty at least. So when I went to Athens, mm-hmm. they had like a bunch of sweet rules. So Athens, Georgia has like the most bars per capita of any city in the U.S. and they have 80 bars downtown. But because of, I don't know if it's city law or county law or state law, they have a bunch of places that are BYOB. So like we went out and got brunch and it was BYOB. They're like, yeah, just bring your own champagne and we'll give you orange juice. You can do mimosas. And so I was just curious if they had anything like that. So they have all-inclusive tickets, um, which I I think they've scaled it back from their initial uh, all-inclusive Yeah, you got to get them hooked first. Right, which was, you know, booze, food, everything. Um, For like 20 bucks. It it was absolutely bonkers. And they have Savannah Banana Beer, um, Split Banana Split Cream Soda, and a a, good God, I'm stumbling all over, a specialty alcoholic drink called the Slippery Banana. Oh, yeah, so it's a slippery slope. They're all yeah. inclusive, you know, just you can do like, you know, the ballpark fun stuff. And then they also have the concessions and they also go on a world tour uh, once a year, a one city world tour to Alabama. Hell yeah. I mean, that's that's the rest of the world. Oh, well, I mean, it's a whole other the world, trash pandas man. are there. 
course, of course. Yeah. They do, since the pandemic started, have like split their team into two and it's now a premier bananas and like the regular bananas. And so the regular bananas pretty much play all year long whenever, you know, other baseball isn't going on or is an option. And the premier bananas are like essentially kids who want, you know, more like scouting time it includes like Olympians and like shit like that. Like you have to try out for it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, once a year they have uh, bananas versus party animals, which is their inner league, you know, like a spring game, like just, home versus away. It's just so much stuff. Like this I is a better comparison. It's not uh, eastbound and down. Uh, it's like Jackie Moon. Like yeah. they're, they're, they're yeah, like yes. in, they're like in batting practices. Like, all right, everybody get out here. We got to practice. And they're like, like, we just want to hit some pitches and get, get, <laughs> yeah. get in rhythm. And he's like, he's blowing whistle. And he's like, you fucking get your ass out here and you get in that banana costume right now. <laughs> the <laughs> person who has to wear stilts, I just feel so sorry for him. Oh, yeah. The like tuxedo that he wears that's all yellow includes a top hat and like yeah. just fantastic, which has to be terrible in Georgia. Oh, in the summer? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, late July, early August games down there. I bet it's a fucking steamer. There is a map that I found on Reddit. It's also at map.baseballmapper.com. So if you didn't know if it was a map, they made sure you knew. But it has every single uh, baseball stadium around, like, the world, essentially. Um, You know, Canada, U.S., Mexico, uh, all the Dominican islands and stuff like that. And so you can go and like click through and find like which ones, uh, you know, are close to you or like that you would want to see. Like, that's how I found like the Roswell one and the trash pandas. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. That's super interesting stuff. Um, and especially now with, you know, a fucking busy summer and people are going to be just wanting to get out just to be out perfect opportunity to go see uh you know a league or a game like that uh you know for some good old family fun they're gonna make sure you get your money's worth unlike the mlb yeah that's for sure that's for sure because they want you to come back uh do you have any other mlb thoughts before we move on i mean no i'm just pretty frustrated with them in general (laughs) fair enough i mean they fucking suck it's a well-known fact like my favorite is when uh, Mark Cuban gets to talking about how much better the NBA is against MLB because he has all the like statistics and like views mm-hmm. and, and like all this stuff. Cause he's an owner and I'm sure he's looked into probably becoming like, I'm sure he likes baseball and he's like, well, maybe I'll get into that or something. And it's just so funny when he sits there and we'll, we'll talk about like how many YouTube views it, the NBA generates versus the MLB. And it's like insane amounts of difference just because they don't let anyone use their uh, their highlights or anything like that, you know. And yeah. it's where the NBA is like, fuck it, just like the more the merrier. Everybody, everybody have a good time. I mean, the average MLB fan age is forty seven, or yeah, forty seven or fifty seven. Who knows? Numbers are hard. And the like casual fan numbers um, from thirty five up, like just increase as you know it goes demographic to demographic and so it's like i guess that's who they're trying to get um yeah those old farts whereas like the in the nfl who i mean they're not hurting at all but if any i think pretty soon they're gonna sunday ticket is not going to be sunday ticket anymore and espn is going to be able to buy it and Mm -hmm. you're just going to be able to add it on to like espn plus or your bundle with disney plus and nfl views are going to go way up because it's going to become extremely easy to stream every single game. I'm going to be so mad if Larry McFarlane is on that. No, no, they'll, <laughs> they'll ship him off. He's going well, to, I, I think he's going to get back to the SEC network. Good. They're yeah. going to demote him. Send him to the minors. gutter. Him and Paul Pierce need to be on the same team. Mm. Uh, the streaming thing as well, just to touch on that before we're done. Mark Cuban looks at that and like sees that people our age are like, you know, going on and like are like seeing the NBA and like record numbers and those don't show up on like the typical statistics. And so when people 
you know, are like, oh, the NBA viewership is down. It's like, not really. It's definitely going up every year. It's just yeah, the it's, measurement is flawed. Exactly. And, and it's, we're also a generation that doesn't buy cable. I don't know any of my friends that pay for cable. Yep. You either have passwords and logins from your parents or we're streaming or we're not, don't even have anything and we're just illegally streaming. So mm-hmm. where can, how else can you monetize your product? YouTube at like ad revenue, uh, social media, all these things where you can get sponsors names out there with it as well, where the MLB is like, Oh, well, we don't care about that. We're more worried about, you know, that one Wednesday night ESPN game that we're going to get that's going to be so big. We're going to really brand Yankees versus Red Sox. That'll fucking do it again. <laughs> yep, for the fourth time this year. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen the green monster? It's fucking crazy. It, it is pretty cool in real life. Uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but, like, how many fucking times have you turned on or you, like, go to the ESPN app? I remember being younger and I would flip to, like, ESPN and it'd be like a weeknight game of – the bo- the Red Sox versus the Yankees and I'm like who like I'm not gonna fucking watch this Just again turn it off yeah yeah but speaking of streaming and who does it right the master streaming is fantastic masters well, is coming up that's because it's CBS well ESPN gets the beginning of it but it's CBS and they also do March Madness streaming they understand mm-hmm. how to like March Madness is done perfectly like you pretty much Always, as long as you have a TV login, you can just go to the, like the the website and you can constantly stream it. You get a free huge trial at the beginning of March yeah. Madness, and the Masters you can go and like select who you want to watch throughout, yeah. or you know like create your own featured groups, and then it like constructs it for you. Like it's amazing. And guess what they get to do? They get a roll, no pun intended. They get a roll or Rolex ad between every time you switch streams. Yep. So like, like I'll probably watch the same Rolex ad 45 times. I'm not going to be able to afford one, but they get their, all of a sudden they're like, yeah, so your, your, uh, ad got this many clicks when it's just like, they're just plugging it in there. Whenever somebody switches up, it's so smart. I don't get why people don't, uh, not to market to everybody here. Like why not switch your at streaming ads versus, you know, your other ones. Some companies sort of do, but like, you know, we still see that the scoop there it is commercial 400 times although it's it a good great. commercial it yeah. is really good um but to get to the masters and, and wrap it up here i i wrote down the uh the top five odds off of just bavada went through and who they have predicted um so it's dustin johnson at plus 900 mm-hmm. bryson DeChambeau plus 1100 jordan spieth plus 1100 John Rahm plus 1200 and Justin Thomas plus 1200. So do you feel Okay. So last week I stumbled. I didn't believe in Jordan Spieth. He has fumbled his game up, stumbled, fumbled, bumbling. He finally put it together and won his tournament last weekend. Um, He has been really bad on Sundays and the chipping and everything is still uh, chipping, putting still hit or miss. He's a head case too. Yeah, and so I'm not going to go with him. Uh, there's something going on with DeChambro. Uh, did you see that video of him just whacking those balls as hard as he could, one after another? Yeah, that's how he does his training sessions. He, like, so he, I've watched a few of his videos and how he, like, his mentality with training is, like, he 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 treats the driving range like a workout session where okay. you, you, so you're like, all right, I'm going to do 10 drives. And you just sit there and do 10 drives like they're 10 reps. But it's like, that's not what it's like on the golf course. Like you should People practice just watching him. Like you should the- just, you should practice how you play. Yes. Like you don't get to walk up to the tee box and be like, all right, hit 10 drives in a row and be like, okay, now let's, let's sit back and, and look at all those. No, you have to stand there and wait and be in your head and then go up and hit a tee shot. So I, for me, it doesn't make sense, but I mean, I guess he's a lot better at golf than I am. So uh, my options were Dustin Johnson, correct? D- DJ at 900, Bryson at 1100, Spieth at 1100, John Rahm at 1200, and JT at 1200. And that's just the top five. 
I have a couple of dark horses that I like that are outside of the top five. I just didn't want to write down more than that. So John Rom, I was hearing something about the course recently that it, you know, isn't going to play anywhere like it has been. And John Rom seems to be kind of fitted for how the course is playing now. And, and he can dick, he can dick slap the ball too. Like, oh yeah. And he's very, um, oh, I finesse. He has a lot of finesse yeah. with his game. Uh, so I think John Rom has a really good chance. I absolutely I like do not think that Dustin Johnson will do anything. I think that the greens last year, the course last year during November, completely different case. So um, I think John Rom is my pick if I just get I, one, but eyes on DeChambeau. Okay. So also another thing is like the Masters isn't about hitting the ball really far. Never. Like, so you don't, you don't see these like there's like two holes. I, I was listening to this interview with Dustin Johnson. Uh, this was like a month ago. He was doing something for Taylor made. And they're like, how many times during the tournament last year, he won the masters last year. They're like, did you do an all out effort on your drive? And he said twice in four rounds. And it was hole eight on Saturday and Sunday were the only times he did a 100% drive. He said the rest of the time I was doing 85. So Bryson sitting here and trying to crush the ball, it's like, well, are you just going to hit like three wood the whole time? Like You're not going to be able to hit your driver. It's not adjusted to his game, but I do think that he's getting a lot better at finessing. And, you know, his putting has been amazing recently. Yeah, he correct. Uh, Two, my two dark horses. Mm -hmm. Wait, who's your overall pick then? I, I, it's going to be one of these two. I'll probably, I'll lean towards the first one and then my backup pick. Okay. So my first one, Colin Morikawa plus 2,800. Mm-hmm. I think his game is highly suited for this. He kind of popped onto the scene last year. He can accurately place the ball deep, which is where you want it. It's not, not going to be Bryson DeChambeau numbers, but I mean, like short par fours, he can put the ball up there. We saw that on hole 16 at the uh, U.S. Open last I'm year. so sorry for people who don't watch golf very often because that's yeah. just gibberish. But sorry, go it ahead. Um, young guy, Team TaylorMade. I think te- I think it's going to be somebody Team TaylorMade who takes this. Why? That's I don't know why, but I just I that's my gut feeling. Um, Which also means Fade Chandler. Yes, my backup pick, Tony Finau, who has played well at the Masters. Mm -hmm. He was with Tiger in 2019. He was up there. I don't know where he finished last year. I I couldn't tell you, but he is another guy. He can hit the ball far. He has like a hat. He has kind of like a cutoff swing. He doesn't go all the way back, but because he's like 6'4 and he's a monster, he can hit the ball forever. Yeah, I think that our old goats have kind of uh, passed to the wayside and not goats, but uh, like Phil. No, like who's the Puma dude. Ricky Fowler, Ricky Fowler. And then, you know, there's another guy around his time. I don't smiley Kaufman. I I think, you know, their time is kind of like past. Well, that would be JT. Justin Thomas was also, it was like speed. So it was the spring Mm -hmm. break boys. Yeah. It was Jordan, Justin Thomas, uh, Ricky Fowler and Smiley Kaufman when they like were all kind of like none of them were really married or ha- were in serious relationships. They're all in their like lower to mid twenties, and they would just they would literally be like right after the Masters, they would just go do a week some on some like island and like golf with their sh- shoes off and just be like boozing for like a week, just because. JT won the Players Championship this year too. He's he's been yeah. on a roll, but I just don't see him doing too good. Um, I do think two other things to put in my backup since we are doing a backup. Lee Westwood, just a, a golf name. No, he's been playing he just, great. He's been playing no, fantastic. Yeah. He's definitely big, uh, major dad bod. Well, he like, just got married, and his caddy is, is his wife. He he looks like he's like the guy who's like kind of got a beer gut, but got like huge biceps. So he like yeah. Yeah. he like he works the show muscles, um, and then just wears like the tightest 
like golf polo. Um, I'm interested to see yeah, how Brooks how Brooks Kepka does. He's got a bum knee that he literally can't like can't bend, but he's playing. He's been mm-hmm. rehabbing. So he just tweeted a picture. Uh, it was from his practice round. He has to like side squat to line up putts. So he keeps his right leg straight, but bends his left leg and like squats over to like line putts up. Uh, so I'll, if that plagues him or if he can kind of just consistently get by that, like, I think if he gets top 25, that's like a victory for him, like personal victory of like finishing the tournament. Well, uh, what is your prediction? Just the winning score. Ooh, I, what is it typically? I think DJ was like minus I don't between put like last year's in there comparatively. It's just, I think not, it was, it's between minus 15 to minus like 19. I think tiger has the lowest, but I, that's just a guess. Um, so you said minus 15 to minus 19 is the typical. I, I think, let me, I'm looking up some history right now. Um, of who's one. Yeah. This just gives me total scores. not under par. So, uh, last year, DJ was 20 under, um, 2019, uh, when Tiger won was 13. Sergio Garcia's won this in a playoff. Yep. Um, I do want to say I look Patrick Reed won because I think that their courses, I mean, especially in like Asian countries are a lot more compact. And so it's a lot more finesse. Um, but yeah, that, the other say, pond, not, not to like England, the links courses are the correct. opposite. Of, correct. Yeah. The big pond. Um, minus seven is the winning score. Yeah, I think it's gonna be minus fourteen. That's pretty high. Like the final round score. Oh, not I like you meant the compiled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like all four, all four rounds put together. Like DJ was minus twenty last year. Yeah, and like most of these average, like there's a guy. I mean, it's anywhere from minus five to like minus sixteen at, at most, besides DJ. Um, but what did I say? Eight. You said seven. Seven. I I want to bump it up a bit to eight. There's plenty of eights seven. on here. There's some sevens. Uh, Zach Johnson won with a plus one in 2007. Must you know, have been. Sometimes I think. Uh, is it hurricane season? I feel like they've dealt with that before. (laughs) I just feel like that's been an issue. I don't think they're going to be used to it. And especially the like playing it so recently and it being so different. I think it's going to be tough. Uh, I think Brooks Kepka is due for a Tiger early exit. That's fucked. I I like Brooks. Nothing against him. It's just, you know, when Tiger's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play in this tournament and everybody was hyped up. And then he like drops out Friday morning. Because his knee is back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Glad we got a couple of predictions. Hopefully, we can take a little sign sound bite out and be either completely wrong or completely right, because uh, that's all that matters. Correct. All right. Well, we thank you guys for listening uh, to this episode, and we'll see you all again in a couple of weeks. Uh, we love you so much. Be sure to follow us social media. We've been super active on Twitter. I know we always say that, but like we've been feels so the last good. Month we've been so consistent. Of putting out quality content. Yeah, it feels so good to get those likes on Twitter. Also, big shout out to you. This was gonna be my lifestyle. I'm gonna keep it. I just you did well for a while. You're carrying that burden. Oh, I mean, it is whatever. I don't but you've been slapping a few out of the park lately that are fucking fire tweets. Um I've been pretty proud of myself. Yeah. No, I, they, they'll make me giggle. I'll like see a notification of someone liking it. I'm like, who I'm like, what did Alec tweet? And then I'll look and be like, Oh, that worthy of a like for sure. Um, all right. Well, love you guys. Sneak out.